Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob. And here this morning to serve you today's episode of our ongoing fellowship with the world. Amen. And precious Father, I thank you this morning because concerning this message, concerning this time, you have heard me. And I thank you, Father, because everything that we have agreed as one is our manifestation. What this message is designed to do, it will do and nothing can hinder it. I thank you, whatever is not part of the agreement will not come out from my mouth. But Lord, that everything that has been agreed, Lord, will be manifested in the life of everyone who receives this message. And I give you all the praise and all the glory because I see the testimonies. Thank you, precious Lord, for all that you've done. And everyone who prayed with me this morning will say, Amen and Amen and Amen. Beloved, you know, I tried to bring out some things yesterday. And the reason is because it is one thing to believe something. And yet another thing to have a clear understanding of why you believe what you believe. And I will continue explaining. For example, I don't know whether you did. I requested, I advised that you should take out some time again. We've done that before. But, you know, the more times you do it, uh, you see that things are becoming newer and newer. That each time you read the scripture, um, you never assume you know a scripture. Because there's always more light that comes the more you look at it. You know, for example... If you notice where I was explaining yesterday, uh, no weapon formed that fashioned against you shall, shall prosper. We say it, we claim it. But notice how the Bible said that works. Because the reason I explained this yesterday, and I have a reason why I'm explaining that again this morning. The reason is because that provision, right, that blessing, the Bible says is a heritage reserved for servants of the Lord. And why are they servants of the Lord? Because the last line says their vindication, that means their righteousness, that means their justification, that means they are, they are being declared not guilty comes from me. And the Bible said, declares the Lord. That's what the Lord has declared. And so like I explained yesterday, who, who is he who can accuse the person that God himself has declared? not guilty but notice where the problem is it is that the one who has been declared not guilty the one who has been declared righteous the one who has been vindicated refuses his righteousness he refuses his vindication he refuses that he has been made right so 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 the powers everything knows that when god opens a door no man can close it. The only way you can deny people from enjoying that door is to confuse them so that they never enter that door. So today, what is going on? If you preach to a believer that you are righteous, he said no. He will start to argue. He will refuse his vindication. He will refuse his righteousness. So instead of accepting his righteousness, he will use his own mouth to condemn himself to call himself a sinner. Without knowing that, saying you are a sinner is the final condemnation because only death waits for a sinner. The only way out for a sinner is to repent from being a sinner, seeing himself as a sinner, and accepting the righteousness that comes 
from Christ. So notice, when you tell people you are righteous, Christ has made you righteous, they start to fight. Have you seen why there's so much fight, especially in this truth? Because like I said, this is the beginning. If you don't believe that Christ has made you righteous, you're not saved. That's just the truth about it. You can be a religious person, you're not saved. In fact, you are still in your sins. That's just the truth. Okay? Now, so, when you say that to them, they say, well, uh, uh, okay, what of if I, I sin small, small? Or they say, um, you know, I used to know one brother somewhere, you know, that brother said he was righteous and he was sinning. Is he still a righteous? You don't get it. The point is that you don't get it. If you ask that question, you are asking that question. You are asking from unbelief because you don't understand what it means. God, the Bible said, God himself said, I have declared their vindication. Their vindication. We have been vindicated by who? By God himself. And as many, what did the Bible say about the righteous? He said, even though he falls seven times, he will rise again. That's what the Bible said. The Bible does not have such a testimony for a sinner. But instead of the believer to accept, yes, I've been made righteous. He said, no, no, no. You know, we, nobody can really say that we are righteous. They, by so doing, you refuse the vindication, the justification that comes, that God has given to us in Christ. And you still remain in your sins. If you remain in your sins, that means there are places, there's opportunity for you to be accused. Have you noticed that those who think like that are the ones that when something wrong happens, they will start to think maybe it happened because they did something wrong. Even their own mind, their own heart is condemning them, is judging them. When something goes wrong, you start to, oh, maybe if I had prayed more, maybe I didn't give more, maybe if I have done, they start thinking it's because they offended God in one way, they have done something terribly wrong, that's why God allowed this thing to come to them. That means this person's heart is still under condemnation, is still under condemnation. Friend, you know, the truth of the gospel is so good that is why it's hard to believe. And that is why Isaiah 53 starts by saying, who will believe our report? Who will believe that this is how God will save the world? As easy as this. Praise God. Don't forget what I said yesterday. It's easy for us, but it wasn't easy for him. I'm going to show you that now. So, beloved, you know why I keep bringing this up this week? Because we're, we've gone back again to tell you, friend, listen to me carefully. God says, enlarge your vision. Don't think like where you're coming from. Think about who you are in Christ. Enlarge your vision. Provisions have been made. Extend your imagination. Open up your mind. So I'm, I'm still going back to remove some of those pecs that are there that may try to hold anybody back. No, see yourself in him. Praise God. Remember what I've been saying. Don't forget, I've said this over and over again. A man's spirit is molded by words. Words molds a man's spirit. Don't go, make sure that what you are believe, the principles that is running your life is not human principles. It's not human philosophy, but it's this truth about the gospel. For example, you have been declared perfectly righteous. You may slap me, I will slap you back. Because I forget that I'm God. Listen to me. If you slap me now, I go slap you back. Because, you know, say, small, small man character still there, right? Okay. Now, the problem is that we now start to equate that kind of reaction to God. Sir, as long as it concerns you and God, you have no problem with God. 
you have absolute you are, if you have challenges your challenges can never will never come from god how can the one who has vindicated you listen to this how can the one who has vindicated you the one who has declared you not guilty the one who has declared you righteous will not come and start to come and test and try you to see whether for what it's like after a judge announces not guilty verdict he now says, okay let's go and start trying the man to see whether you fall again that's mumbo jumbo that's nonsense that is not in god we we are always struggling with things here and there yeah but look at them waiting you know no pass you friend that is why knowledge is light when the right knowledge comes it molds your spirit when we start teaching people this fundamentals of being righteous in Christ. They have no idea that that is also the foundation of everything. It's the foundation for wealth. It's the foundation for health. It's the foundation for everything. Because now you and your father are reconciled perfectly within one. There's no rancor. There's no problem. Who your father is is who you are. His blessings are yours. What he can do, you can do. Because you now have his nature. That's the beginning of all things. Praise God. Amen and amen. Again, there are some scriptures I have been quoting here and there. But let me look at them a little bit in depth this morning. The reason I'm pointing this out, don't go and listen to them. No pain, no glory, no test, no test, no testimony. I'm saying these things because I sense deeply in my heart. The, you know, you can be in church shouting and rolling on the ground, but these things are what are the things that are controlling your life. I want to go back again today and show you why I am not expecting that, why I'm expecting to, to dwell in the fullness of the glory of God. I know it is too good. And that's why people don't believe it. So let's go back today and read Isaiah chapter 53. Okay. Because of time, of course, I'll be able to read only verse 4 and 5. Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. Remember I told you why we can expect the things in Isaiah 54. is because of what Christ has done in Isaiah 53. Again, let me repeat one more time. The reason you and I can expand as large our coast. Rejoice, the Bible says. He that was married, rejoice. For your children will even be greater than the children of he who was married. Enlarge your coast. Extend your test. Why can why, why is it that we can do that? It's because of the perfect work that Christ finished in Isaiah 53. Don't forget, beloved. These were prophecies concerning Christ six, five, six hundred years before Christ came. Look at what it says in verse in verse number 50 in verse number 4. It says however it was our sickness that he himself bore. It was our sickness, right? That he himself bore. Again, however, it was our sickness. Of course, verse 1 and 3 talks about this tells you about Christ, tells you what he went through, but he's telling you why he went through that. Listen to this, verse number four. However, it was my sickness, your sickness, that he bore, that he himself bore. And our pains that he carried. Why will I not come back and be telling myself, no pain, no glory? Why my pain has been carried by somebody? Well, pastor, just like that, yeah. Remember, the, the, the righteous shall live by faith. That's what the scripture says. The righteous shall live by believing that what Christ has done is what he has done. Christ has carried my pain. I have carried my pain. He says, and our pains that he carried. So, I'm not expecting no pain, no glory. No, because I have been pained. I don't suffer pain. Now, 
just look at the next line here. Let me show you something. It says, yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted. You know, for a long time, I didn't really get this line clear. Listen to it carefully. If, if the first two lines first says, no, it was our sickness that he took. It was our pains that he took. Now, this line now says, yet we ourselves assumed he had been afflicted. What does that mean? When we see Christ suffered on the cross, we thought it was him that was suffering. No, but it wasn't him. It was us. Listen very carefully. Go Take this scripture, Isaiah 53, verse 4. I'm reading now. Today, I think I think this is the new American Standard Bible. I, I think I just picked up one, uh, you know, one Bible verse. It says, "Yet we ourselves we mistakenly." So when you see Christ suffer on the cross, you have pity on him. You say, "Hey, this man!" You start to cry. You watch Passion on Mel Gibson's Passion. What's the name of that movie? You see the nails. You cry. You no, but you assumed it was him. No, but it was not him. If it's not him, who was it? It was me and you. Don't forget, it will be him if he did it for his own sake. But he didn't need to do it for his own sake. He was not a sinner. And so when we saw our sickness, then look at it, it's clear. Friend, I have read this place many times, really never understood this. Look at it clear. However, it was our Why did he say, however, it was our own? Because we assumed it was his own. When they beat his body, we assumed it was his body. No, it wasn't his body. It was my body because he did it for me. He says, yet we assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated. No, 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 sir. It was for us. That's why he says, however, it was our sickness that he himself bore. And my pains he carried away. Glory to Jesus. So I rejoice in the fact that my pain, that I have been pained already with all my pain. I have been pained. Let me, if there's English like that, whether you understand, whether this English is right or not, please understand what I'm saying. I have already been pained by my pain. So I'm not expecting no pain, no glory. No, I have all the pain where they pain me for this life. I have already been pained where? In Christ. What I'm explaining to you is what it means that the righteous lives by faith, not by works. If it is work, it will be by your own pain. Your own glory will come from your own pain. No, sir. It is by faith. My glory comes from his pain. Not his pain now, my pain, because I have been pained in his pain. Praise God. I don't know whether that makes sense. Maybe me too, I will start to form my own raps and rhymes so that we use it to replace all this other nonsense. Instead of me to say, uh, without uh, no, no pain, no glory, I will say, no, I have glory because me too, I have been pained. Some, something, because that's true. That is true. Why do people not believe this? Because it is just too good to be true. But isn't that why what gospel means? The gospel means the good news that is too good to be true, but it's true. What do we have to do? Is to accept it. Watch this. First number five says, but he was pierced for our offenses. Today you go and do something, uh, maybe you try to good, do something wrong happens, you start to tell, oh, maybe, uh, you know, God did this because I did that, God did this. Within, uh, you, you don't understand. Christ was pierced for our offenses. Ladies and gentlemen, it was not for his own offenses because he had none. He had no offense. So when he was pierced, now me they pierced. It was for my offenses. And the Bible says he was crushed 
for our wrongdoings. Oga, understand now. He was crushed for my wrongdoing and for your wrongdoing. Christ has already been crushed. Do you understand? Look at this. The punishment for our well-being. There's a translation that says, The punishment that was necessary to obtain my shalom peace has already been put upon him. Oga, I'm not expecting punishment because I have already been punished. I am expecting to dwell in peace. Look at what it says. The punishment for our well-being was laid upon him. The punishment that was necessary to guarantee me peace. Peace here. This translation says well-being. The other translation says, um, says peace. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Greek. Irene. That means absolute tranquility. All-round peace. All-round joy. What I need to live that life, he has already paid. Oh God, when I call him my Savior, when I call him my Lord, that is why. He is not my Lord because he is one man who died and rose from the dead. You don't understand. No, the Bible says the punishment that was necessary to give me peace. So, I'm not expecting uh, no punishment, no peace. Uh, no, no, no travel, uh, no prevail. No, he has traveled for me. He has been punished for me. Let me say it the right way now. I have already been punished. I have already paid for everything that I ever would do wrong in this life. I have already paid completely. So, what is my expectation? What is in my thought? Punishment is not in my thought. Peace, shalom peace, is in my thought. And if you fix those things in your thought, remember, if you notice, I'm avoiding teaching you more techniques. I'm digging you in so that when you when you think and expect peace, you know why you are thinking and expecting peace. When you are confessing that you are not enjoying peace only, but you have become peace. That means wherever you go, the peace of God stays. If you enter a man's life, peace comes. If you enter a business, peace comes. If you enter wherever you go, peace comes. That you are not an embodiment of his peace. That the peace of God is not just in you. It's not only something you benefit. It's also something you give. Don't forget, a man can never give that which he does not have. Notice this, the punishment for my well-being. So when I say I am peace, I live in peace, I enjoy peace, I give peace, I do this peace. You see where it's coming from. The, the reason I have the confidence and the boldness and the authority to do that is because I have already paid. Oga, I'd be like criminal, eh? we commit crime. And then I have gone to prison and paid and served completely. And they don't release me from prison. The problem is that for many believers, they are still in prison. So when you tell him that he's righteous, he say, hey, you know, but uh, you know, no one can really be righteous. How can you say we are righteous? Oga, you are condemning yourself with your own mouth. But this is what the majority of the church world teaches. If I stand somewhere and declare everyone who is born again is perfectly righteous before God, they would, some might stone me. Some will take the microphone away from me. I have been in a service here in Abuja where a teacher, a pastor came, stood in, stood in front of the church and declared, telling the church members never to listen to some certain pastors. He even mentioned their names. And those people he mentioned are the ones teaching everybody that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He mentioned their name. He turned off the mic. And he mentioned their name. Say, never listen to this pastor. Never listen to this pastor. And what do, those two people, unfortunately, 
for him that day. I follow, I listen to these people. I've listened to them over and over again. I know the fundamentals of their teaching is that a man is justified by faith, not by works, which is what Apostle Paul taught, which is what, the, but he said, he was telling the congregation, all the people preaching nonsense everywhere. He never mentioned their name. All the charlatans in Abuja here who are using God's name to manipulate people. He never mentioned their name. All the shrines that they are put up in the name of God. He never mentioned their name. But he specifically chose the people who are telling Christians that they are righteous in Christ. He mentioned their name and said that they should never listen to these people. Now, it would make sense to you why they won't fight. Nobody, why would they fight for darkness? No, it is light that they are fighting. Unfortunately, this man was brought into the church to teach the church what they need to know. But he stood there and was removing their light. May your eyes open. For the fact that we are jumping everywhere, before you sit down in a place to listen to somebody, to listen to anybody in the name of God, you must make sure whether this person understands what it means that Christ died and rose from the dead. You say, no, it doesn't matter. You know, I will just be there and just hear it. No, auntie, uncle, your spirit is being fed. Your spirit is being infected with lies. At the fullness of it, it will manifest. That's just the truth. That is just the truth. If you eat darkness, it will manifest darkness. If you eat light, it will manifest light. There's no two ways about it. Okay, so let me stop here. And then I'll come back to you again tomorrow. I hope this is a little bit clarity. I'm going back. Don't forget, we're going back to reteach all that we have taught from January. I'm only trying to deepen in the foundation so that your eyes, so that you have the boldness to declare, to enlarge your course, to expect peace, to live in peace, and to dwell in peace. Why? Because you have already paid the punishment that is necessary to obtain you this shalom, peace, Irene. Have a very wonderful day. And don't forget that this morning, this meal has been served to you. You cannot go ahead with love in your heart to serve as many as you can. Shalom.